Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A bombshell for the White House. A source says the president wanted Bob Mueller fired. The Trump administration unveils its immigration plans... And Nikki Haley fires back at salacious claims about her relationship with President Trump. This is the State of America Tonight. Last June, uh, the president relayed to advisors that he wanted Mueller fired. Typical New York Times fake stories. Any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. America first does not mean America alone. The president has gone from the American carnage president to the American economic cheerleader president. Our immigration system is stuck in the past. The White House officials are framing this or selling this immigration plan as basically a compromise. Yeah, both sides really finding something to dislike in this plan. Hello, I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York, and for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers around the world, this is State of America. After a whirlwind trip to Davos, President Trump is headed back to the U.S., where a stunning report is fueling new questions about potential obstruction of justice. Just days after saying he'd love to speak to special counsel Bob Mueller, CNN has learned that last summer the president's feelings were quite different and that he wanted Mueller gone. New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman broke the story. The president uh, relayed to advisors that he wanted uh, Mueller fired, and uh, Don McGahn threatened to resign uh, if that went through. That was ultimately the catalyst that talked the president off of this. A source tells CNN that McGahn, who is the White House counsel, disagreed with the president's reasoning. And the news comes despite repeated denials from President Trump himself about ousting the special counsel. Mr. President, have you thought or thought about or considered uh, leading to the dismissal of the special counsel? Is there anything that Bob Miller could do that you would send you in that direction? I haven't given it any thought. I mean, I've been reading about it from you people. You say, oh, I'm going to dismiss him. No, I'm not dismissing anybody. Are you considering firing Robert Mueller? No, not at all. Do you feel No, I'm not. No. In a statement, White House lawyer Ty Cobb declined to comment, citing respect for the special counsel and office and process, but never one to mince words. President Trump fired back with this. Did you speak fire to Robert fire Mueller? Fake news, folks. Fake news. What's your message today? Typical New York Times fake stories. Mr. Trump. And at least one top Republican senator was so concerned about Mueller being pushed out, he issued this warning last July. Any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency unless Mueller did something wrong. Right now, I have no reason to believe that Mueller is compromised. CNN political analyst Mark Preston is in Washington. Mark, thanks for joining us. Uh, The New York Times is reporting that Mueller now knows that Trump wanted to fire him. So how is this going to impact the investigation? 
Well, uh, very much so. I mean, what we have learned is that Robert Mueller actually does know uh, about this, so it won't be news to him necessarily, but it's going to be news to everybody across the country and certainly around the world. Uh, but specifically uh, on Washington, D.C., uh, specifically on Capitol Hill, as Republicans and Democrats are engaged in, in this political gamemanship about whether to end the probe or to whether to move on with the probe. But just to give some numbers out here so that our audience around the world understands what's happening right now, Robert Mueller has interviewed 20 White House officials in this probe, 17 campaign officials and a handful of other people that have been tangentially related to the campaign. Four people have uh, been charged, and two of those are cooperating right now. So this is an investigation that certainly has legs. We just don't know where it's going to take us, Kirsten. Never a dull moment. Thank you, Mark. And another White House official is fighting back against jaw-dropping claims about her relationship with President Trump. In an interview with Politico, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley vigorously denied rumors pushed by Fire and Fury author Michael Wolff in his book and a recent appearance on HBO that she had an affair with her boss, President Trump. Listen to this. It is absolutely not true. It is highly offensive. And it's disgusting. This isn't something that's just happened as a cabinet member. I saw this as a legislator. I saw this when I was governor. I see it now. People see lies for what it is. Do I like it? No. Is it right? No. Is it going to slow me down? Not at all. Any time this has happened, it only makes me fight harder. It only makes me work harder. And I do it for the sake of other women that are behind me. Joining me to discuss this is Alice Stewart, CNN commentator and Republican strategist. She's also former communications director for Ted Cruz and Aaron Gloria Ryan, senior editor for The Daily Beast. Thank you, ladies, for being here today to discuss this. Um, Aaron, I'm just curious, what, what do you make of this story? The story itself uh, strikes me, as a feminist, as really, really sexist and terrible. Um, it's awful that Nikki Haley has to take time out of her day, take time out of her job, to address this, these allegations that were just kind of thrown out uh, with mm -hmm. no real evidence from the writer of a book who, who has kind of a, a questionable uh, past history and relationship with the truth. Um, but this isn't the first time Nikki Haley's had to face this. As she alluded to in the Politico interview, Nikki Haley was accused of having an affair with somebody in 2007. And in 2010, when she was governor of South Carolina, she addressed that rumor by saying if they were proven true, she would resign. Those rumors were never proven true. But the person accusing her of having an affair repeatedly was you know, posting lewd blog posts about her. These are things that you would never see a male mm. politician, uh, with, with notable exceptions, facing and having to take time out of their day to, to explain away. I am willing to bet you, you know, a farm that Nikki Haley uh, is taking time out of this, but Donald Trump never will take time out of this to deny the affair. Right. Well, that's, that's a great point, you know, Alice. Uh, does, does, does the president have some sort of obligation to, to say something about this? Well, it would be nice if, if he did. I mean, this really came to a head uh, when Nikki Haley was asked about it. Unfortunately, when she could have been spending some valuable time talking about her uh, fantastic work as a U.N. ambassador, she has to address this smut. And I think that's mm -hmm. truly unfortunate. And look, this all started when we had this uh, fake news book writer, Michael Wolf, going on a talk show, taking the bait, give me some nugget that we haven't heard yet. And he pushes some... Uh, 
fabricated story in the, the bowels of his book uh, alleging uh, an affair between Nikki Haley and the president, which I think is is awful. And, and I think Michael Wolff, to say that he is a pig and a jerk is an insult to pigs and jerks around the world. And this is, this is truly, it's completely false and unfortunate. Nikki Haley has proven herself time and time and time again in South Carolina, uh, in the legislature, as governor. And certainly she has risen far and above in her role in, in the U.N. And this is unfortunate. So many times when men mm-hmm. see women successful and leading in this world, they try to find any and every way they can to tear them down. And unfortunately, oftentimes women have to work just as hard, get up earlier, work later to prove themselves. But I'm proud of Nikki Haley for standing up and calling out the disgusting lies, which this is. Well, yeah, so that's an interesting point about her, you know, standing up to this, because I've heard some people saying, well, she just drew attention to it. She didn't have to say anything. But Aaron, there's also been research that shows that when women are uh, on the receiving end of sexist attacks, if they don't push back against them, it really does a lot of damage to their image. Right. It's sort of like getting a bill in the mail. Not paying attention to it won't yeah. make it go away. And that's it's like the bill of being a woman. If somebody makes an accusation that's sexist against you, you have to address it because otherwise it's going to follow you around forever. It- as unfair as it is. And I think this is something that crosses ideological lines. Like Nikki Haley, a conservative woman with a strong record of conservatism, it happens to liberal women. And I think one thing that's really important in this, especially in light of the Me Too movement, is that people, no matter their ideology, sexism is sexism. And I think it's important for us to be honest about what it is, when it is sexism, and for us to address it regardless of the ideology of the people that are perpetrating it and Mm -hmm. the people that are the objects of it. Yeah. And look, we only have about 30 seconds left, Alice, but I think some people might be confused as to why this is sexist. And, I, I, you know, the problem is, is that people can't just say that that Nikki Haley might be spending time with the president because she's a rising star and she's smart and she has an important job in his administration. There's not some other nefarious reason, right? Well, certainly. We didn't hear Michael Wolff making up nonsense like this about General Kelly or Gary Cohn or or any of the other cabinet members, Jeff Sessions or anyone else for that matter. He chose a woman who is uh, doing a fantastic job at the U.N. and tried to take her down a notch. I'm sure his thought was that she was going to to be like, unfortunately, many women and just cower in a corner and not defend herself. But I commend her for for taking the opportunity to to call it out. And and look, Michael Wolf, I think his book has been despicable, but this takes the cake as to to the low levels he would go to to try and sell a book. And and I think Nikki Haley has a lot more important things to talk about as uh, her work with the U.N. than talking about this. And I will say Mm -hmm. this, Ileana Johnson, the reporter who did this story, she was just talked to her and she was really uh, wanted to make the point that she talked about many, many things in this interview with Nikki Haley. And unfortunately, this is the thing that that has risen to the top. But she encourages people to go and listen to it and hear all of the great things that that have come uh, from Nikki Haley and not just take this as a takeaway from that interview. Absolutely. And Ileana is a terrific reporter. Definitely go read her piece about this. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for a great discussion. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And coming up, President Trump's ever-changing relationship with the special counsel on Russia. Now he wants to answer Robert Mueller's questions, only after a source says he tried to fire him. President Trump appears beset on all sides, dismissing as fake news reports that he tried to fire special counsel Robert Mueller back in June. 
And now sources say he appears to be on a collision course with his own chief of staff. The panel tonight, Jackie Kucinich, CNN political analyst and Washington bureau chief at the Daily Beast. Steve Lonigan, member of Courageous Conservative PAC and former director of the Ted Cruz presidential campaign in New Jersey. Doug High, CNN political commentator, Republican strategist and former Republican National Committee communications director. And Steve Elmendorf, former deputy campaign manager for John Kerry's 2004 presidential run and a partner at Subject Matter. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> so, that was a mouthful. <laughs> um, so, um, there's a lot of news uh, breaking about um, this New York Times report that's been confirmed by CNN that uh, the president wanted to fire the special counsel. And there was an interesting clip of uh, Chris Ruddy, which I think we're going to play, who's a close friend of the president. And he said this back in June. I think he's considering... Um, perhaps terminating uh, the special counsel. I think he's, he's weighing that option. I think it's pretty clear by what one of his lawyers said on television recently. I personally think it would be a very significant mistake. Okay, the reason I thought this was interesting, Steve, is because um, the president's calling it fake news, but it is actually interesting that somebody very close to him said in June, which is also what has been reported um, when, when all this was happening, the president was, in fact, thinking of doing this. Well, the president has the right to consider all of his options at all times and certainly consider the best way to go. He's made it very clear that he's not filing, ro firing Robert Mueller. However, this is just inside the Beltway stuff. I mean, the American people, I don't believe, really care about this. What they care about is that the stock market just blew, just blew past 26500 on the way to new record highs. Unemployment is hitting record low. That's what really matters to the country. This other stuff is entertaining, but I think the president knows what the right thing is to do to keep the economy growing and keep stability for this country. Steve, you know a lot about elections right. and things like that. Do you <laughs> yeah. think that that's true, that Americans don't care about this? And even if they don't care about it, I mean, in the end, some things matter even when people don't care about yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I think they do care about it. Yeah. I don't think it's the most important issue going on in the country right now. It could be. It could be. I think it'll be a question whether Robert Mueller finds something or doesn't. And that's mm -hmm. really going to be the ultimate answer. I think it's really a big deal when the president of the United States considers firing the special counsel who's investigating him. It's potentially obstruction of justice. And, right. you know, but again, either Robert Mueller is going to find that out or not. Right. Yeah. But when you're I, 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 don't, I don't think they care about the vacillations back and forth. I really don't. But I yeah. wouldn't also underestimate the sophistication of the American voter. And I think if he did fire him, that would be a matter of discussion all uh, at uh, you know dinner tables all over the country. Sure. Because that, that because you're right. Just because it's not something that's top of mind right now doesn't mean that it won't be. But, but also, but I want, hold on, hold on, if. just hold on a second. I want to get Doug in this yeah, for yeah. a second. It, it's it's not just whether the people care about it. It's also the fact that Mueller is potentially looking at obstruction of justice, and this would be probably another piece in that puzzle, right? That if, if he, in fact, was, again, trying to fire somebody who's investigating him, it could potentially suggest he's trying to obstruct justice. Sure, and, and that ultimately is important, even if it's not on the top of people's minds right now. And it's, I think why you saw in these reports that Don McGahn, the White House counsel, in full disclosure, is a very good friend of mine, uh, has said that he, he would have resigned or, or told the president, right. I will resign if you do this. Yeah. That's how very serious this is. And everything seems to move forward in that direction, which is a problem for the White House. And the story's been out there now for almost 24 hours, and the White House hasn't denied it, which exactly. suggests that there may be another That's layer of truth. Is. But yeah. the other part of this, and I looked at the Steve, Steve Ruddy clip, I, I think should be troubling to, to a lot of people who are fans of this administration, is if you're a cabinet secretary, you have a sword of Damocles over your head 
every day, and that makes it harder for whichever cabinet secretary you like to pick one at random, let's say the attorney general, to <laughs> do his job and do those things that you would like to see him do, those priorities for the administration, because he's under the threat of being fired absolutely every day. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you're saying that the president has a right to do this, but doesn't the president also have, shouldn't there be people holding the president accountable, I guess is the question. At some point, if you're innocent, why don't you just let it run its course. Why does he need to fire, try to fire everybody or try to pressure people to be loyal to him? He seems to be letting it run its course. He's offered to testify, and, and uh, they've been interviewing, what, over 21 uh, staff people from the White House. I mean, the, the investigation is going on and on and on, and people are becoming frustrated with the fact that it's going on and on and on, and how much longer is it going to go on before it's no longer productive? And when does a probe, a probe denotes like a very narrow suggested investigation as opposed to a wide net? Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I think there, there is a point here to be made that you could say the process worked, right? That the president wanted to do this. The chief of staff said, whoa, 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 hold on. This is not a good idea. And then that he ended up not firing him. Well, I mean, that's see. another way of looking at it, right? I think the political well, consequence of this is yeah. people thought Donald Trump was going to come to Washington and do certain things. And it, if he was only talking about the economy and fixing the economy, he might be doing pretty well. But the reality is that we have this constant drumbeat most of which is started by him and his actions and his tweeting about his actions and his tweeting about things that don't matter, like Hillary Clinton at this point in the 2016 election. So he's not delivering any message on the economy. People don't hear his economic message. Mm -hmm. The first Friday of every month is a great opportunity for Donald Trump to talk about growing jobs, growing the stock market. But instead, before 8.30, when the numbers come out, he's tweeted something that means that we don't talk about the good economic news that we're having. Well, I mean, look what happened after tax reform. I mean, he, he, he barely talked about tax reform because something else blew up because he ended up and he can't let it go. And he can't let this Russia investigation run its course because he can't stop talking about it. And, you know, firing, almost trying to fire the special counsel. I mean, it, it just it, it's his fixation with this that also makes it all the more fascinating, frankly, for us in the press. Right. He just told the whole world at Davos this morning that America is open for business and the market goes through the roof. We're seeing massive investment in America's production, into companies, into businesses like we haven't seen probably in my lifetime. And you know what? The millennial generation, for the first time ever, is going to see what 4% GDP growth were, were, growth means. Oh, man, means. the millennials are really waiting for that. <laughs> oh, well, they, well, they're going to love it when they see it. But, but that's great. Trump that's great. Well, you know what? They all day, waiting. every day, and the president's they're in a much better position. Months. If he does exactly what you just talked about, all day, every day, yeah. he's in a much stronger position moving to the midterms and uh, three years instead, he got on Air Force One and immediately tweeted about crying Chuck Schumer. Right, right. Okay, like, all right, everybody, uh, stay, stay right where you are. We'll be coming right back. Um, the White House has released a plan for immigration reform, but is, it an, is that outline more a wish list than realistic? Our panel weighs in next. immediately terminate President Obama's illegal executive order on immigration. Immediately. It's a very, very tough subject. We are going to deal with DACA with heart. This should be a bipartisan bill. This should be a bill of love. Truly, it should be a bill of love, and we can do that. Those were just some of the statements U.S. President Donald Trump has made about immigration reform. And now the White House has released a framework for what it would like to see in a bipartisan bill when Congress debates the issue next week. 
But the details of Trump's administration wish list are angering some lawmakers on both sides of the aisle. The panel is back. Uh, Jackie, I want to start with you. They only have a couple weeks to reach a deal, and the president's now come out with this new plan. So there are, about, there are four pillars to this plan. There is the money, the $25 billion for the wall, and then there are 1.8 million uh, immigrants that are currently here illegally that will get some kind of status, right. um, be it DACA or DACA-like Immigrants. Now, the other two pillars, uh, Democrats have kind of resolved themselves to paying for a wall, mm-hmm. wall, um, yeah. and uh, some Republicans, especially moderate Republicans, were are fine with letting the DACA kids stay. Now, the other two pillars are where we start to run into problems. The ending so-called chain migration, which mm-hmm. is when someone can bring in their family members, mm-hmm. um, and keeping it only to the nuclear family. And um, the other piece, which is the visa lottery, they want to limit that severely. I think they want to end it entirely. And that's right. where Democrats are saying, this is a non-starter. We're not doing this. So that, so, and so they kind of have them in a fix where they're saying, you want to save these dreamers? Okay, let us reform not only illegal immigration, legal immigration. Mm, interesting. And, and what's, what, what's your reaction to this? I mean, how do you think the base sees this? I, I think this is the most sweeping potential change for immigration policies in, in what, over 40 or 50 years? And the mm-hmm. president is on the verge of pulling off something quite historic. He's going to have to be very concerned about his own base because the idea of amnesty is not going to go well. Residency, that's one thing. But the idea of turning one, I don't understand how it went from 800,000 to 1.8 million. That hasn't quite been answered yet. Maybe that's a negotiable item. But I, I, I believe that the Trump base, the Trump supporters, look at this as a negotiating tactic. He's let this out to put on the table to discuss, and we're moving towards a deal. We'll yet to see what that deal is going to be. So if it gets to the House, then does that mean that the immigration hardliners would support this, would support a path of citizenship? Not with citizen- or- not, certainly not with citizenship. And I, I think to, to Steve's point, it highlights one of the problems that Republicans have here. When I worked for in House leadership, Jackie would call me about once a week asking about <laughs> some particular legislative uh, agenda item on immigration. And she would say, but your base is calling this amnesty. Yeah. And our base was calling the name. Ted Cruz, this bill was amnesty. Anything that let, basically let illegal immigrants stay in any fashion was amnesty. So we now have Donald Trump on record supporting. Means, of course it's but, not. But, but, that's, okay. Don, but Donald Trump's base has now defined amnesty as something that he supports. That's a problem moving forward for, for, for this bill to move forward, much less all the other negotiations with Democrats. So are we headed for another shutdown? I don't think so. I think, you know, there's a group of 2025 bipartisan senators who are going to come up with a deal ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be this deal that Donald Trump put on the table. It's not going to be a left-wing deal. It's going to be a deal that's bipartisan with a big group. And, and they're going to have, Donald Trump's going to have to decide and Paul Ryan's going to have to decide, is this bipartisan deal that can get 60, 70 votes in the Senate something worth supporting? And, do you think, and this is what frustrates uh, I, people you, in Washington. But I just want to quickly want to say also, so do you think Democrats are just, they're just going to go with helping fund the wall? I mean, it seems like a big cave to me. I would bet that there's no chance of any deal unless Donald Trump gets the wall. That was centerpiece of his I know, whole campaign. I just want to know what Democrats uh, look, are well, We're going to define yeah. the wall. Different people are going to define yeah. the wall differently. Right. I think if you can save, keep 1.8 million dreamers from being deported, I think it's worth doing something. Yeah. It's not going to be a big, beautiful wall. And it's, Mexico's it's not going to be paid for by the Mexicans. <laughs> but there's a deal to be done here, and that's, I think, what frustrates people with Washington is there's a clear bipartisan deal. It's going to end up, I think, on Paul yeah. Ryan's lap, and he's going to have to decide right. do I put it up for a We only have one minute left. I want to ask you, where did this phrase chain migration come from? It used to be called family reunification, and Republicans used to be about family values. And now suddenly wanting to have your parents live in the same country with you is chain migration. It's this kind of scary sounding word. 
What is that about? I think Doug knows, don't you? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> that is passing the buck, I would say. No, no I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. It's just like all of a sudden this kind of strange word came out. It's popped up And it's supposed to sound really scary and bad. Well, it's like how they started calling DACA recipients illegal immigrants last week. It is all about the language. It's all about as a way to vilify something that had been accepted largely. Yeah. Well, where does the term dreamer come from? Well, suddenly every illegal immigrant is a dreamer. So the it's dream the same. Act. Yeah, dream. All right, well, all right. well, <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> figure all this out and let everybody know <laughs> next time. Thank you, everybody, for a great panel. Yeah, um, and this is day 372 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.